Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm a feminist, but one time when I was on a women's rights march and popped into a department store to use the loo, I got distracted trying on face creams. (laughs) And when I came out, the march was gone. I am a feminist, but every time a man talks about cars, I say that I'd love to drive a Bentley Continental GT because I once learned that that is a cool car. (laughs) I don't drive and I don't care about cars. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but once when my boyfriend and I got a flat tire and he admitted he didn't know how to change one, I said I didn't either, but I knew how to get a man to change one. Except not if he was there. (laughs) I made him go and hide. (laughs) Asked a guy to change it for me. Thanked him. And went and picked my boyfriend up under a bridge. (laughs) It's 
you know, you cannot ask another... No man is interested in helping you if there's another man there, an able-bodied man there. They're not... But I... <laughs> don't my, justify I, yourself. <laughs> don't you try and justify yourself. Oh, God. <clears throat> I am a feminist, but when a woman who works, votes, and inherits property last week looked me in the eyes and said, actually, I'm anti-feminist, I panicked and said, Sure, I get it, because I was too hungry to hug you. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but if I go to an all-male poker game and win, I feel a thrill that is almost sexual, <laughs> which, which implies that somehow deep down, I think I'm at a disadvantage because poker's a man's game. I am a feminist, but I received a text one Sunday that was from a married colleague, which was explicitly sexual and definitely unasked for. But because it happened on Valentine's Day, I was like, aw. I'm a feminist, but I refer to poker games as all-male, even when I have attended them. <laughs> That's what I did in the last one. I don't know if anyone spotted it. Anyone spot it? Oh, really? It's easy to say that now. <laughs> that, no, that was... All right, I've just got one more. Oh, Sophie's a feminist, oh, but no. earlier she looked around this audience and said, a lot of guys in... Do you think any of them are single? as feminists and our hypocrisies and insecurities that undermine them. This episode is about porn. Mm. Uh, so, and Deborah, what, what was your challenge? My challenge was to watch some porn. <laughs> I don't do watch porn. I've literally never watched porn. Do you want to ask, how, do you, should we ask how many in here? What? Okay, so close uh, your eyes. <laughs> Everyone close your eyes. This is how we do it at The Guilty Feminist because nobody can, nobody can know then. And what you're going to do is if you regularly watch porn, you're going to go, mmm. Now, no one will know who's mmm because it's such a big audience. <laughs> they don't know. Okay. So, so women only, women only. If you regularly watch porn, just go, mmm. Mm. If, you, if you sometimes watch porn, go, mmm. Mm. If you've never watched porn, go, mmm. If you have never watched porn, go, mmm. Mm. I found my sister. <laughs> Men, if you often watch porn, go, mm. <laughs> That was a shameful, mm. That was, they don't, you don't mm. need to sound shamed. This is what the episode is about. Don't, don't be ashamed, boys. Sometimes. <laughs> never. <laughs> okay. So this week, um, I 
I, I had to sit down and watch some porn because that was my challenge. So the first thing I did is I Googled porn. <laughs> just put porn in Google and went, because I just didn't know where to go. Like, where do you go? You know? And apparently, there's a lot there, guys. Uh, <laughs> so much came up. And uh, so I looked at uh, the first thing, and there was something called Pornhub. Um, and the first video at the top was, it was a, just a picture of, um, it was a, like a panties, like pants, knickers, and then like with, you know, a girl inside. And, <laughs> and then there was a penis that was just sort of, it seemed attached from anything, really. And then she's, you know, a hand, not she, a hand came and, you know, uh, stimulated the penis and then sort of put the penis inside the knickers and then there was just sort of in and out, in and out, in and out. It was, it was, I just didn't under, why is this erotic? I, I don't understand. The thing is, I don't understand that all of the porn seems to show a penis going into vagina and I never see that. I've never fantasised about a, an image of a porn, of a penis going into a vagina because I don't, I've never seen, I've never had a mirror down there. <laughs> So it seemed really odd to me. So I thought, like, it threw up some categories. Um, and the categories were uh, MILF, Big Tits, Anal, <laughs> Schoolgirl, and British. <laughs> and I was, I get all of those except British. So I was intrigued. So I clicked on that. And it was this, like, really posh British woman, dressed, young woman dressed as a schoolgirl, saying, oh, I've been held back in detention, and I just don't know what I'm going to do with my time. And then, I mean, she did what you could imagine. And so basically, it was a sort of posh British girl wanking in suspenders. And I thought, well, really, there is nothing more British than that, is there, really? That is peak. That's peak. As someone who was raised in Australia, I realised those are the main things about Britain. Um, Schoolgirls, poshness, and wanking. Um, and then Sophie, I, so I messaged Sophie and said, uh, she, she actually messaged me about some admin, and I said, oh, funnily enough, I'm watching porn right now. And she said, you need not to tell, need not to tell me that. You said, I said that explicitly. She said, don't tell Do me that. that you're watching porn. I said, no, look, it's not arousing. I don't understand it. So she sent me a link. <laughs> to, to oh, tell me you watched it. I did yes! watch it. It was... It was called a, a helicopter. Asian helicopter? Was it the, the Flying Asian Helicopter Man. Flying Asian Helicopter Man. Just say, mm, if you've seen the Asian, Flying Asian Helicopter Man. Oh, just one. Right? Yeah. Okay, right, right. So it's basically um, a Chinese man who has penetrated a young woman, and then he does cartwheels while, <laughs> while, in, while in penetration. And that was interesting. Um, so I thought, I thought, okay, that's I can see that I can see the novelty, the YouTube novelty of that. But again, I, I'm not even slightly aroused. If, 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 if anything, I've gone off the whole idea of actually having sex myself, much less watching anyone else do it. Um, so I, I saw, I saw, I, I, I heard there was feminist porn, so I googled feminist porn. Um, actually, just in the Pornhub site, and it was extraordinary feminist porn. It was um, it said Swedish feminist porn, and it was two people <laughs> in full fle so Caucasian flesh-coloured body stockings, their heads, faces, everything covered. So I guess it was sort of like they they became gender neutral, and they were sort of humping and sort of grinding, and then sort of little by little they made little holes in these body stockings until the whole body stockings came off. And what emerged from these body stockings were. I, I guess it was the couple that Ikea would cast in their porn film. 
were they to diversify? Um, and so then I saw that it said, I realised as I clicked on some pages, there was a genre that was for women. And I thought, God, are all the other genres for men? That really surprised me. I went, oh, we're niche. I didn't understand that. We are niche. Nothing is for us. There is a little thing at the end that, by the way, if you're a woman, this is for you. And I thought, well, that's not like television. So <laughs> I... I went on that, and then that was just... It was like an Enrique Iglesias video <laughs> of a young man phoning this woman and then turning up in a sports car, and he came in, and she was lying on a yoga mat in a warehouse, sure. And she was doing, like, little leg lifts, like you do in Pilates. And then he was like, oh, oh. But they were kind of cute, and there was, like, some frisson. And I thought, oh, OK, I get it. And then they just jump cut to the middle of coiters... <laughs> And I was like, no, this is absolutely awful. No, 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 no. So I just Googled porn um, men in well-cut suits. <laughs> Which is what I really want, though. That is what I really want. It really is that all the men were naked. And I was just like, no, no, no. And all the men in well-cut suits porn was uh, for gay men. Yes, thank you, sir. <laughs> and it was delightful. No, it was delightful. And I didn't ever think I'd like gay porn. But it was these very handsome men, beautifully lit, uh, a lot of sort of under-the-clothes action, which I kind of like that sort of, you know, it was really sexy and it was really fabulous. And I ended up interviewing an academic uh, called Dr Lucy Neville. She's amazing and very interesting. And she has got a, an article out that you can read. Uh, and it's called Male Gaze for the Female Gaze. Male Gaze, G-A-Y-S, for the Female Gaze, Z-E. It's pun that works better in writing. I see that now. Um, and it's, she wrote it for Porn Studies Journal, and it's really, really interesting. And I talked to, her, talked to her for a long time, and she said it is becoming increasingly popular, gay, gay porn for, for women, straight women and gay women, which surprised me. And she said there are various things going on in the study. She studied it you know, a lot, and she's surveying people. She said one thing is, is women don't have to compare themselves to anyone. She said porn it can just be another place to go, well, I don't have thighs like that. And we see enough of that on billboards. So it, firstly, we don't have to worry about that. It's, it's, you don't want it to feel like Facebook, like everyone else is better than me. Um, and secondly, she said, it's actually the guilty feminist. That's the reason why women watch uh, gay porn. It's that phenomenon that they feel uncomfortable watching porn with women in it because the women might be vulnerable, they may have been pushed into it, they may not be having a good time. And if they are being penetrated in a way they're not happy with, how are they going to push that guy off? And whereas with two men, she said, firstly, they have more social capital. Um, so they're most likely doing this because they want to be doing it, is at least the perception. And they at least could fight somebody to the ground if they were really unhappy. So, and there were other reasons uh, as well. Which I would watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there were, there were other reasons as well, but one of them was just aesthetics. It was just that they, 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 they have beautiful men, shot beautifully, and they, they shoot the male body and objectify it in a way that you don't see in any other sort of porn. So women are being basically ghettoized into male gay porn because there just really isn't enough straight female porn that is of interest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Deborah Francis White. So a few years back, I was asked to go and do corporate comedy hosting of, of an away day. Does anyone here have away days, you know, when, when people, they take you away and they make you bond with people by doing whitewater rafting and then telling you really dull things, yeah? Um, 
so I, they said, will you come and do the hosting? And I said, sure. And I wasn't really sure what the company did until I got out there. And I was chatting to some of the staff in the bar the night before. And they said, oh, we, we provide content for hotel rooms. <laughs> and, and I said, oh, really? I like those talking dog movies for kids that you pay five pounds for. And they went, yeah, yeah, we do those. But uh, that's not where we get most of our revenue from. And I said, where, where do you get most of your revenue from? And they said, well, uh, this guy went, let me put it this way. On average, our movies are watched for seven minutes. <laughs> I, I, oh, oh. And he said, the guys who run the company, really, really lovely family men, and they really want us to focus on the talking dog movies. But the reality is, we all know, but we can't talk about it. What we deal in is porn. And in fact, there's a woman who sits in the corner of the office all day watching all the porn that we distribute because we have to check that there are no goats or children in it. <laughs> and I went, my God, and that's, that's her whole job. That every single second has to be viewed because they are, they're the content providers. And I went, what? She just sits there in the corner. And they said, yeah, you can't let a guy do it. <laughs> And he, he said she's so popular with all her gay friends because she's like, they call her the free gay porn lady. <laughs> so the next day, we, we do the, the corporate away day and I'm doing the comedy hosty bits and they demonstrate their new technology. Do you know what cam girls are? Yeah, okay. Anyone not know what cam girls are? Oh, there's one man that was very quick. No, I have no idea. No idea at all. Are you here with your girlfriend, sir? No, you're here alone. Yep. And you honestly don't know what a cam girl is? No, I don't. Okay, interesting. Are you straight? Yeah. And you've never heard of a cam girl? No. I'm not going to let this drop, sir. <laughs> you're, you're going to tell him. You're putting your hand up to tell him. Oh, you don't know either? Okay. A cam girl. Okay. Well, if I put it like this, do you know? Um, this, is, this is what happened. To demonstrate the cam girl, they had a girl on a screen, and they typed into a, uh, into a laptop, uh, what's your name? And she said, hi, my name's Veronica. And then they typed in, could you wave, Veronica? And she started to wave. Do you know what it is now? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and so she starts waving, and then they said, okay, and that's the end of the demonstration. And afterwards, I was talking to the guy again, and I was like, she doesn't normally wave, does she? <laughs> and he said, he said, no, no, she doesn't normally get a lot of requests for waving, but that's all <laughs> we can demonstrate at an away day. And, uh, and he said, but the funny thing is, because the bosses are so progressive and they're family men, they, they said, they called us in for a meeting and they said, if we're going to have a cam girl for straight men and we're going to have a cam guy for gay men, we have to have a cam man for straight women. And we all looked at him and went, no woman's going to pay <laughs> for a cam man. She can get a guy to wave at her for free. <laughs> If she's in a hotel, she can just go down into the foyer and be like, hey, want to wave at me? <laughs> and he was like, no, no, these are the values, the egalitarian progressive values of the organization. There must be a cam man for straight women. And do you know what? We've all laughed, but that guy was right. They made a lot of money on the cam man for straight women. There was a lot of call for it in hotel rooms. And then they checked the credit card statements <laughs> to see who was ordering... <laughs> The straight cam man. And it turned out the cam man, ever so popular for straight women, was really being ordered by gay men <laughs> who wanted to see a straight man wave. 
And here's the twist. He said the only men who wanted to be a straight cam man were gay men. <laughs> so the cam man for straight women turned out to be gay men making gay men wave. <laughs> Well, well. Um, so my challenge was to uh, never ever watch porn again, <laughs> which so far I've managed to do. I'll get back to you the day before I die <laughs> and see how it's gone. Because I said this when we recorded the, the actual challenge that like, I watched porn the first time on my 11th birthday because it was the first time in my life I've had like sugary drinks, so I was just wide awake. <laughs> Like the whole night, and I was like flicking through channels, and then there was some porn, and it was it was quite like gentle, like just two people like kissing, and then you could see the shadows move. But I was so scared that I the day after I called, there was like a um, like a sex addiction hotline, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was like, I think I'm addicted to pornography. <laughs> and the guy was really sweet. He was like, Look, whatever you do, just know that what you saw was not natural. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, <laughs> then, then what is sex? <laughs> uh, but it did become like a part of my life and I was, um, <clears throat> we, I got the we got the internet and then I started, I, the first website I went on was sex.com <laughs> and then they asked for my credit card information and my address and everything and I just gave them uh, my address so my, uh, they sent like letters asking for my credit card information so my, my mom was like, uh, <laughs> That's the letter for you. <laughs> and she called my uncle to be, because I said, oh, it must be a virus. And my uncle came over and said to her, yes, it's a virus, and kind of gave me a look of, <laughs> oh, Sophie. I wasn't addicted, but it was something I, I, I did whenever I wanted to uh, <laughs> poke the bear. <laughs> Is that not what you say in this country? Oh God! Um, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of, I needed it. Like I needed it to be able to 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 to, <laughs> to wake it. Um, and then when I was 16, I got a job in a in a sex shop selling selling porn. Uh, like behind, the, I I told them I was 18. No one did anything wrong. I mean, I did, but they didn't. <laughs> uh, they they also did, but <laughs> they should have maybe asked for a passport. It's fine. But I was selling all these like like. I mean, it was like just like a big part of my life, and and when we. What did you tell your mum you were doing when you went to work in the sex shop? I said uh, I'm going to work in the sex shop. Did you? Yeah. And was she fine with it? Yeah. It's Denmark. It's not. Sure, sure. <laughs> I've misunderstood. Yes. It's fine. <laughs> um, that, that's that's as Danish as the posh wanking girl is British, really. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been, I guess, a huge part of of my life, and I don't. And I've seen, like, I've seen the negative effects. Cause I've slept with guys where I, I can see the difference between a guy who watches a lot of porn and someone who doesn't. Like when I sleep with them, I can see uh, there was, like, there's somewhere you kind of want to go, like, hey, can you just like be present, just like be in the moment? Because you can tell he's somewhere else, and it's not about. It's for him, sex is. You feel like you're, he's trying to to do a porn. <laughs> like, like, what are you? Who are you posing for? What is that? My leg does not go there. <laughs> Physically, does not go there. Look at me. I do not do yoga. Listen, 
That is unrealistic expectations. And the things they say, and you're like, what? Where did you hear that? That is not a thing. So I, don't, I wanted to stop. So what I did when we started doing this challenge was I had to start using my imagination. At first I tried to think of like previous men I've slept with to see if any of those like <laughs> memories, but it's not all been good. Like it's not, it's just been a lot of like I'm imagining meeting like, oh yeah, I slept with, oh yeah, he was quite good, but then what happened? Oh yeah, he, w he got back together with his girlfriend. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! And you don't have to go that far in a fantasy. I do, but my, that's how my mind works. I, I have a sad imagine. Like I tried, so there's like there's like scaffolding outside my building. So there's like a lot of builders, and so I was like in my head, I was like, okay, right, okay. So, oh, he has okay, he has to use the loo, and it's uh, it's summer, so he's just wearing like his his. Builder, no, 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 builder no, no. trousers. Builder, the builder trousers. Is he, is he drink, are, you, are you drinking Diet Coke in this? <laughs> I definitely. I'm drink, I'm drinking Diet Coke. I'm watching. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh, he comes into the wrong room, and I'm like, oh my god, oh, I was just, oh, I was just in bed. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, he wipes like sweat off his forehead, and I'm like, oh, oh, you, I can help you, and <laughs> and then he's like, why, why is your room so messy? And I'm like, oh, it's. I just haven't done, I have to do a lot of admin, so I don't have time to really clean. And, and he's like, oh, that's okay. My girlfriend has the same problem. I'm like, oh, you have a girlfriend? He's like, yeah, I love her. I'm like, oh. Oh. Do you want to, so you don't want to have sex? He's like, no, no, no. No, I love her very much, and I'm very happy with my job. Can I use the loo? And I'm like, yeah. And that doesn't work. But, but. Deborah <laughs> tweeted me a, a funny article, <laughs> uh, which is like a joke uh, from a funny website, and the, the, the headline was, I can, only, I can only come if I hear the Hamilton soundtrack, which is a musical uh, in America at the moment about uh, like the 1700s American politics. And I thought, <laughs> that's funny, wait. <laughs> so if you know Hamilton the musical, and you know the character Hercules Mulligan, that worked. Oh! <laughs> thank you. Thank you to the reductress for that. Wow. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Sophie Hagen. Thank you. Um, I, uh, this is about, this episode is about porn. <laughs> so I naturally uh, have written some. <clears throat> I wrote this in a cab uh, that was, he was really angry, <laughs> not because I was writing porn, uh, he didn't, I didn't tell him that, uh, but he was angry because of uh, the road. <laughs> so he was driving very, uh, as <laughs> for the listeners, that meant recklessly. Uh, so I'll try and read my handwriting, it's called Justice. <laughs> you might start to feel a bit, ooh, like tingly, and <laughs> it's quite, it's erotic. This is just, you know, so if you're sitting next to a partner, you might want to take advantage. So, <laughs> I had just finished hosting a panel show on BBC. It's fantasy. <laughs> 
And I was standing backstage, checking my Twitter. The tone was harsh. You proved that your gender isn't funny. You should show more ass. You should have said more. At that moment, Frankie Boyle walked in. <laughs> Did you see all the horrible things they're saying about me online? He asked. It's because they said them about him. <laughs> this is a universe in which uh, men are not frequently on panel shows. <laughs> are you also turned on? Good. <laughs> He asked, one tear rolling down his cheek as he was okay with showing emotions all of a sudden. <laughs> yes, I said, they're just not used to men on panel shows. Maybe you should smile more. <laughs> he laughed automatically, even though I hadn't made a joke. He always did that. <laughs> Suddenly he stopped. He stared at me, his eyes still filled with male tears. <laughs> did he know that male tears turned me on? <laughs> I thought. He leaned in and his dry, chapped lips hit mine. I didn't moan because I didn't have a need to indulge his ego. Maybe there's something you can do, he said, to get me on more panel shows. After he had gone down on me for hours, <laughs> I said, you're too emotional. You're making stuff up in your heart, sweetheart. Take your 730 pounds. Go out and buy yourself something pretty. <laughs> Frankie looked at me. Aren't you getting 1,000 pounds? Yes, I said. And I wiped away one male tear from his cleanly shaven face. <laughs> and I used it later as lubricant when I was doing some more banging. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Shall we bring on our guests? I think we should. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Pascoe! Thank you for having me. Um, I've learnt a lot already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, so, 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 porn. Yes. What would you like to say about it? Okay. So, I was thinking over there. I have to say that my feelings about porn and my opinions about porn are separate. I have the morality of a nine-year-old. <laughs> Pornography makes me cry. I hate that it exists. I hate that people do that for a job. I, um, I, I all through my, all through my life, even if people kiss on a program, I have to leave the room because I feel like oh, they're having a private moment. And um, now, and like when I was a child, you know, like with your mum and like EastEnders or something, people would kiss, and I'd be like, oh, I've just got to go and look at the kitchen, and um, and I'd always run out. And and in the cinema, I have to go. Oh, I need to ch- check how much the popcorn is or something. And I have to, and then even if I'm on my own. I still, I leave it playing and then just come back when they're finished. And um, so, yeah. No, re- you do that? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's like a being like a nine-year-old about it. But with a grown-up head-on, I do know that um, people have sexual urges and have very exciting sexual lives and that some people who make pornography are incredible entrepreneurs and it's not just abused, weak people who are uh, having a terrible time. So it's, I have a different... It's not like I don't want porn to exist, I, but I do think it's really terrifying in the form that it is currently and, like, y- young people accessing porn. Because I'm 34, I'm the last generation who grew up without internet access in my teens. Mm. So I got an email address when I was 17... And I've noticed such a huge difference in boys from the boys I met as a teenager who hadn't watched very explicit, aggressive things to now. And I, I don't know, I feel like all but one of my relationships has been ruined by pornography, like their pornography use. Really? Yeah. Like well, because either they're mean or they don't fancy me. Like, they have erectile problems and um, that thing where they, like... They need too much, and I can't give it to them. And, and that one guy, and this is the saddest thing anyone ever said, a guy I really loved said, all of my relationships break down after a couple of months because I'm having sex with you thinking this isn't as good as porn. And when I'm masturbating with windows open on my computer, I'm like, this is it, this is the real thing. Holy f- I know, wow. I know, isn't that hurtful? And then, and then you have to be like, yeah, 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 as an intellectual, I can understand that. But as a human being, you just destroyed me. Yeah. Well, one very interesting thing about the chemistry of the brain oh, yeah. around this is that uh, you, there's, there's, you know there's three parts of the brain, you've probably seen TED Talks about it, so the part of the brain that fancies someone, the part of the brain that falls in love with someone. And that isn't actually how the brain is divided, though, you, you know, know that. What I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, before you go, like, all oh, right, three bits. I don't mean there's different colours. I mean, I don't mean there's only three bits. I mean, I'm being very reductive. You are being reductive. It's so complicated. I, I know yeah. it is, but yeah. I'm being very reductive. But the bits that light up under an MRI machine, I'm saying, for the sake of a podcast, I'm okay. sorry. I take it back. Can we start again? <laughs> we can edit that out. We can edit that, because that did sound... I realised, as I was saying it, I thought everyone would be too polite to point it out. Yeah, and you're too intelligent to say... <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean that. No. No, no, I, I know. There's systems in the brain. So, and and um, so the the dopamine system in your brain is always to do with cravings and addiction, and that part is to do. And it, but actually, it's the same part that's to do with a very deep love. And um, but it's different to familial love. So sometimes they say that maternal love is different to loving a partner. So it isn't as. Sometimes people make the brain really simplistic, so you understand it. But actually, it all inter. But it all interconnects in a really complicated way. But yeah, so it's the 
chordate ventral system, which is the one that's mainly to do with uh, the beginning, falling in love, and then deep attachment. Well, the deep, the deep attachment yeah. uh, that if if you put me under an MRI machine yes. it would light up if I thought about my t my husband. Yeah. Um, for a lot of teenage boys, that's the part of the brain that lights up when they think about porn. Yeah, and with reli religious religious fanatics as well. When they think about their... I don't know fanatic... They're, porn, they're religious fanatic porn. <laughs> <nation>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they think about their God, it's the same thing. So, yeah, so th th but that's what the brain does. The brain, um, whatever stimuli you enjoy, it, that you've only got a certain set of emotions to use with it. What's really fascinating, and this is what they're finding out now, in terms of neuroplasticity, obviously the brain changes no matter how you use it, and it changes from day to day, from hour to hour, <clears throat> throughout your life. Pornography use, they're only just really finding out what that does to people's brains, because it, um, for a while they had, oh, like, sexuality is elastic, um, watching certain things can change what you get aroused by. What they found out now is, oh no, it restructures everything. Like, it can make other parts of your life miserable, because like a drug addict, you're not getting pleasant neurotransmitters and in other ways there's a really sad thing and I think it really isolates people that what you get aroused by might not make you feel like a very good person but when you're in a cycle of watching harsher or more surprising things you're then really isolated because you can't say to your friends it's not even you know like in the 90s when people went oh look at the tits on that and had a laugh like now it's gone so much darker <laughs> like, it's like, like the flying Asian helicopter man <laughs> <laughs> One thing that um, Lucy, the academic, said oh, was yeah. that um, she, she was talking about the cause and effect, mm. because if 15-year-olds, if the first sort of sex they've ever seen um, is very demeaning to women and, and sort of ugly, then that's what will trigger sexual arousal in them, well, and so on and so on. Again, all. it comes down to critical stages, because 15 is actually quite late. It's earlier mm. than that, and that's when it's really problematic. It's not, it's not even that you're learning about sex, you're learning about bodies. You're learning, mm. and, and at, at critical stages, if it's around 11 or 12, yeah, that's it. And that's really difficult to overcome later. And it's not just the, the guys. So, so no, the, of course. The, the girls yeah. who watch porn, they'll also see themselves in that. Like, when I was, like, early teens... I, so I, I thought I was a sub, like a, a submissive in sex, and because I wasn't, because I realized later that was just like a, like a pleaser part of my brain that was like, but that's what I'm meant to be, that's what men want me to be. Mm. And it wasn't until later I was like, oh, it, I don't think that felt that good actually. Yeah. And I think that must, I know it came from from that. From but I don't think, I don't know, I think, because I didn't watch any pornography, but I still, th I think maybe... I don't want to make it a gender thing because this isn't true of all female experience, but for me, I feel like my my teens and my 20s, my own, own, the only safety is in men liking you or men fancying you, and, and it's only very recently I've come to realise that, oh, I should be enjoying things as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so and isn't that odd that the beginning is all about what do they want and never really even stopping to go, do I, am I into this? Mm. Mm. That's a really tragic, uh, well, there's a lot of tragic porn, but there's one that, was tragically funny in some weird way, because uh, and it, it became it went a bit viral in Denmark because it was a Danish porn actress and then it was like three like huge black guys they were American and they were, were having having the sex with her <laughs> and they were saying like oh yes talk Danish to us oh you enjoying this oh, and she was saying in Danish actually not it's not that nice <laughs> 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 like really really casually like no actually I'm not really enjoying oh. this can you can you <laughs> teach me how to say that in Danish? <laughs> Actually, it's fucking mediocre. <laughs> uh, is there is there a sort of porno, porno 
pornographic future do you think that could be positive and healthy? Oh yes, I've got two ideas. My first one is, <laughs> um, my first one is when you start going out with someone, you should be able to scan your picture into their computer so that whenever they go on a website which has pornographic content, the banner ads are you, <laughs> just in different poses, different things, like women waiting for you to put the bins out in your area, <laughs> wagging your finger like that. Um, think cheer us all up and um, my second thing and I did have this idea and it's true I think I've designed empathy pop-ups uh, yes right so basically whenever anyone's watching any kind of porn it's just to remind you that no matter how explicit or violent or aggressive what you're watching they're human beings and they have feelings so at every minute there'll be a pop-up so I make it every five minutes but my boyfriend said that was too long and um, <laughs> everyone would have finished so and it's just so like someone in the porn would have filmed it earlier they're wearing their clothes like looking straight down the lens and just kind of pops up hello <laughs> My name's Cherie, I'm 24 years old and I've got a degree in sociology. I've got a dog, a dog called Charlie and two younger brothers. I did have an older brother, um, but he died in a car crash about eight years ago. <laughs> it's still really difficult for my family at Christmas. <laughs> and then that disappears. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's not the only thing that's going to disappear at that point. <laughs> I was having a one-night stand with someone and in the middle of the thrust he yeah. went oh my dog died and I <laughs> oh I've really been down this week oh. and I just feel like oh if Buster doesn't come back which he won't he dies dead Paul himself I would also lose it I've had I've, I've almost had that during a during a blowjob he said so what are your parents names <laughs> what? and I was like He's a keeper. <laughs> he cares. Should we do a Q&A? Yes, let's have some questions from the audience. Yeah, if you do have any questions. Anyone have a question? Yeah. You told me a lot about um, submissive women, but there's a whole genre of pornography, which is dominant women, oh. made by dominant women. What are you I mean, I think that's 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 brilliant. There's a, a really, I mean, that's the thing. So I'm talking about something I don't really understand, and and I have to be really honest about my naivety. But I listen to, and I was there are three parts of the brain. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I know, and and, and and I'm not using my pornography bit. <laughs> so when, but I was listening to. There's a really brilliant, another brilliant podcast called Intelligence Squared, and they have a pornography debate, and it's so fascinating. It's two women who make pornography who are pro, and two people, uh, and it's Jermaine Greer and. A doctor who works with addiction who are against and the, the debate's fascinating because I feel like when you're talking about people's sexual pleasure and how they make money you're talking about the most democratic things in the world so I don't think anyone I know I guess some people would but um, I don't definitely never want to stop anyone making money or enjoying themselves but I also worry about the people who are being exploited. So, and, and it's how do you balance those two things? How do you make sure that people aren't trafficked at the same time as making sure that other people get to have a brilliant, healthy time getting their rocks off? Like, how do you do that? There is a chap in the audience who I was chatting to before who has just done some kind of thesis on uh, some kind of female porn maker. Yeah. Uh, my name is Matt, Dr. Matt Lodder. I'm an art historian. Um, but I've yeah just written an article about four porn studies. The journal you were just talking about actually about this uh, the first woman to win um, AVN director the sort of Oscars of porn the, the first woman director won it last year a woman called Mason and actually all of her all of her pornography begins with a discussion with her female performers 
um, and ends with a discussion of female performers. Um, and it's very light and it's quite, it's quite joyful in lots of ways. But the, but the sex itself in her movies is really quite dark. And she gets lots of um, critics from, from men and women saying, you know, how can a woman make such hardcore, nasty pornography? And she says, why do you think that women can't be you know, self-actuating sexual beings? And, I, and she actually talks quite interestingly. And there's a really good book called um, Naked Ambition by uh, a journalist called Carly Milne where um, she interviews loads and loads of female pornographers, including Mason, and Mason says in this, in this interview, I, I want to make um, movies showing like authentic female sexuality, even if that's not the kind of thing that people expect women to do. And it's, and it's really, really complicated, but um, I think if there is one thing that I think is interesting about the contemporary pornography industry is that it's really diverse. There's yeah. everything under the sun. It's actually not... Lots of people think, I think, pornography is very homogenous, mm. but it really yeah. isn't. And even, the main, even mainstream porn isn't very homogenous. Yeah. I think homogenous that's such anymore. an important point what you're saying, and that's the thing where I, 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 I am bad, is because sometimes in my wish to protect people, I then actually realise what I'm doing is diminishing female sexuality. I'm, because it has to be explored, and, and, and you're completely right. It's a spectrum of disgusting... Just like, <laughs> just like men. That's, that's a great name for your next Edinburgh show. <laughs> Sarah Pascoe's spectrum of disgusting. <laughs> the Gilded Balloon at four o'clock. Um, there's a really great documentary I'd recommend as well called Hot Girls Wanted, um, which yeah. It, yeah, so everyone's seen it already, um, and I think and I and I found it. It's so well done because the things that scare me a little bit like, so I'm a vegan, but I could never watch uh, documentaries that are about farming because they're too upsetting. But actually, it's so brilliant at showing you the reason that a young... I mean, they're dealing with women, but young women might answer a, 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 the equivalent of a gum tree ad and get paid not, not thousands of thousands of pounds, just hundreds of dollars, more than they'd get working in a supermarket and why that's an intellectual choice um, and something that's... And, and I think it's really important to see that side of things as well. We have uh, we have time for one more question. Oh, over there, yeah. Um, we're talking a lot about um, the porn industry and people being paid for porn, but there's um, a movement. I've, Dan Savage runs a um, sort of homegrown porn festival called Hump, and that's sort of people making porn at home and it all being very holistic and friendly. Do you think that's the way forward? Maybe away from nasty, nasty. But again, that's a spectrum, isn't it? It's so it's you can't just go, yeah, that sounds amazing, because I can imagine that that is for some people such a sexy, healthy, brilliant thing, and that for someone else, it's coercion or something their partner is into that they're not, or um, that then afterwards you regret. Like I hate, no, not hate's too strong as a word. Despise all. <laughs> like, I, I despise everyone I've slept with apart from my current partner, and and, and the idea of that not just like being a memory, but something that exists would break my heart in some ways like I don't agree with decisions I made two weeks ago <laughs> the idea of having this permanent thing so but but you're right that, that there's there's lots of probably very healthy things to find in that movement but there's also the the aspect of because you kind of if you wouldn't if you wouldn't sit down and watch the people do it in the same room it must do something to your head that you're then watching it on a screen are you distancing yourself from uh, like sex does it do, I'm really just asking a question. If anyone knows. Well, it's, it's interesting. So in terms of oh, evolutionary psychologists think that the reason we get aroused by watching other people have sex is because tribally, if you're watching other people had, have sex, it usually meant you were about to have sex. Really? Yeah. But, yeah. Like, we're that's, apes. That's like the opposite. We're, like, we're, 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 <laughs> 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 
maybe that's what's so weird about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so no, that's no. kind of argument in terms of multi-partnering. There's, there's these theories. So, women make more noise than men during sex. This is acro true across every single culture. Where, and, um, and uh, for heterosexual people, the noises women make when they're aroused are arousing to men. So, they've also done studies where women pretend they're more into it when they want to speed a guy up and things oh, like yeah. this. Yeah. And, um, and <laughs> I mean, I, I, I imagine yeah. that's happening to somebody. <laughs> And, um, but, and, and the theory goes that that was women's way of signalling where they were to other men when they were having sex. They think that, um, again, we're all talking about heterosexuals, but um, where men getting sleepy after sex and women staying aroused and being able to have more pleasure and more orgasms in oh, yeah. many cases um, <laughs> is to do with multi-partnering. And that's all about female sexuality. And so, and so men would find it very attractive to see a woman having sex because in terms of our history, our prehistoric history, he'd be about to have sex with her. Oh. Can we just, can everyone close your eyes, say, mm, if you've ever made more noise to make your partner. <laughs> <laughs> so women first. <laughs> have you ever made more noise than you really felt you wanted to make? <laughs> <laughs> men, men, just let everyone close their eyes. Men, have you ever made more noise, if you've ever made more noise than you wanted to make? Oh, interesting. And, and why was that? <laughs> they don't have to answer. No, I just... I, I Explain just thought, yourself. I just thought if I make an eye contact with that man right there, I feel like he's going to just start... <laughs> Can I just say, that, that just before we close, that one thing Lucy said was that this, this home porn industry is kind of killing mainstream porn. And so we can control what mainstream porn does because it's in peril, because it's in financial danger. And I, and, uh, and I said to Lucy, but how can we feed back to them that we don't want these horrible, degrading images to be pervasive? And uh, she said, well, they're all on Twitter. So maybe you want to get yourself a dummy account <laughs> and your little porn account and just start tweeting them and saying fewer women with cum all over their face. Um, and do say fewer because I want them to take you seriously. And don't say less. And explain to them there are three parts of the brain. And <laughs> we don't want 15-year-olds getting addicted uh, to porn like it's their girlfriend. And actually, the one, the study that I read said that they, these guys, were, it was a long-term attachment brain light, lighting up, and they were bored of porn. They wanted to break up with porn, but they didn't know how. Um, really, really interesting stuff going on. So there is something we can do. We can vote with our mice. Uh, and we can click on homemade porn. Be careful that's not coerced, as Sarah said. Um, and, uh, but, but yeah, there are things we can do uh, as guilty feminist activists about it. And that is nice to know. Please give it up for Sarah Pascoe! Please, 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 uh, if you want to get more involved, please uh, follow us on Twitter at guiltfempod. Or uh, please go to iTunes and subscribe and rate us five stars, maybe, possibly, definitely. Uh, it helps a lot for, for reasons. Uh, Algorithms. There are three parts of the internet. <laughs> uh, find us on Facebook. Uh, we, we always want to debate these things. So if, if you've had any thoughts, tweet us or, or write to us on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, so uh, our next recording is on 10th of March. We're talking exercise with Jessamine Stanley. You will probably know of her uh, if you don't recognize her name. Uh, she's on Instagram. She's uh, a yoga instructor. She's amazing. Uh, that's at Canal Cafe in London. On the 14th of March, we have Sarah Milliken in Manchester. On 15th of March, we have question mark. 
at a Museum of Comedy in London. Then on the 16th and 17th of April, we're in Melbourne. So if you're listening from Melbourne, uh, please do come. If any of you know anyone in Melbourne, tell them to come. Uh, on the 22nd of May, we're in Copenhagen at Comedy Zoo. Okay, good. Yeah, we already have some people in. Um, yeah, so we're in Denmark, which is going to be extraordinary because uh, lots of people there. And um, Sarah, did you want to plug any of your shows coming up? Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> You've got a tour, Sarah. When's your tour? I'll say just a moment. Sarah Pasca's tour is coming soon to a place near you. Please book and go. It's going to be amazing. It's called Animal. Sarah Pasco's Animal. Go and see that. And could I just say, could we have a big round of applause for Dr. Matt, who helped us with the, the wisdom of the academic? Uh, um, that was very kind. That was a bit like the bit, in fact, where Marshall McLuhan just pops out of the queue in the Woody Allen film uh, Annie Hall. Yeah. Sophie, do you have anything? Funny you should ask. I have. Uh, if you are in Copenhagen on the 23rd of February, uh, I'm at Bremen Theater, you know the one, uh, doing my show uh, Bubble Wrap, uh, probably for the last time I'm ever going to do it. So please come also, because there are tickets left, so that would be nice if you wanted to come and buy those. Um, yeah, and I'm on Twitter, at Sophie Hagen, and you're on Twitter as... At Deborah FW, and Sarah Pasco. you're at Sarah Pasco, with no H. And uh, if you uh, want to listen to more episodes or want to find news about when we're doing live shows, go to guiltyfeminist.com. That is correct. <laughs> Samara, do you, have yeah. you missed anything? I've got a tour coming up too, Sophie. Oh, do you have anything to plug, Deborah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got a tour. It's called Deborah Fouts White Rolls the Dice, and it's based on my Radio 4 show. Which you... Did you win an uh, award oh, for that? Did I? I don't even remember. <laughs> Look, I might have won... I might have won Writers Guild Best Radio Comedy for that. And if I did... And I, I never win anything. But I also have, oh, actually I actually have a book, out, a book uh, called the, uh, the Off the Mic about stand-up comedy. And it just got nominated for a Chortle Award. Um, so you can go and vote. You have to vote if you would like it to win. You can't just clap. Um, <laughs> to go to chortle.com and you can vote for Off the Mic by Deborah Francis White and Marsha Shandor. And also our very good friend Standard Issue also, Standard Issue magazine, do you guys know, know that? Every single episode of this podcast has a correlating um, article on Standard Issue uh, magazine, by which I mean the first one does, and I haven't written the next three. <laughs> but they're coming soon. Please go and check out Standard Issue magazine. It's amazing. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Sophie Hagen, Deb Francis-White, and our special guest, Sarah Pascoe. The recording engineer was Chris Schaub. The producer was Tom Salinsky for the Spontaneity Show. Thanks to Emma Koshin, Martinez SRO, Paul, and everyone at Love the Creek, and all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit theguiltyfeminist.com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to wrap it up in a sorry, sorry. natural way. Yeah. And that was a good point. It's <laughs> <laughs> not so sarcastic, Sophie. I'm trying to activate the masses. I'm and this isn't just a comedy podcast, but in fact, we're going to change the world. I'm trying to give them an interval. So, <laughs> please. <laughs> Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.